Get the duck boats ready. Get the duck boats ready. We got the cup. Duck and yellow, duck and yellow. You want to talk about a team? This is a team. You guys wanted it. We got it. Let's have some fun. Cue the memories presented by Bud Light. What's up, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light. We're celebrating the 2011 Boston Bruins and their Stanley Cup championship 10 years later. Andrew Ferentz, we've got a good one today. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, uh, decent resume. Yeah, I looked it up, too. I, he's captain now. Um, mm-hmm. We'll go over some of his accomplishments, but probably the most reading I've done during the last few months is, is just his resume. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. You know when you got that friend that's done a lot of really cool stuff, but you know they have, but you just don't realize the volume of it? That's that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Well, I'm glad you've done your research for this episode. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I did research, so I have some some actual skills of, of pulling up uh, you know what what Bergie's accomplished um, I don't want to always rely on Luch. Uh I know we've talked his his skills up in that area a lot but uh, I wanted to you know take care of myself but I don't want to talk about his his resume per se uh, because I know we, we kind of reflect on what uh, we kind of think of when we think of this person and I don't think of all of his trophies and fancy hardware and all the awards um, maybe I should a little bit more but uh, the thing I think of and the great memories that pop up for me with Bergie is um, our trips to grocery stores uh, and and our mm-hmm. and our our love of this will be a throwback for some people, but our love of Zagat. I don't know if people know what Zagat. Can you Russo, you're probably too even young for Zagat. So before know. smartphones were like really popular and whatnot, there was a little book that people actually used. Um, to find restaurants and there was no Yelp and there was no like Google Maps or anything like that but there was a book called Zagat and it had like all the definitive guides for all the great places to eat in different different restaurants they actually did jump into like this you know modern day technology and had an app it was the Zagat app and that was like the precursor to like Yelp and you know Google reviews of finding out which was the best restaurant but the reason we liked it is because you could search for like organic food. And back like not that many years ago, you know, there wasn't that many places kicking around. So we'd go to a new city, we'd open up the Zagat app and be like, all right, let's find some organic food or like some kind of sustainable restaurant that was, you know, not your typical steakhouse that all the guys were going to. And the one guy that would trust me enough uh, consistently would be Bergeron. And so we had a lot of great meals at uh, different like little organic places and little restaurants to find healthy food. And um, when we got kind of sick of going to the restaurants, sometimes we just hit up like a Whole Foods or go to like a grocery store and have dinner on the road and grab some you know food down the aisles of a grocery store. Uh, but he was the he was a guy that trusted me that that uh, uh, that really took care of himself a lot. Uh, it shows with the amount he's played, uh, but. Uh, some of the best conversations I had in my whole career were over meals like that. And so that's the first thing that I think of, uh, you know, when I think of Bergie is just a really great friend who, uh, yeah, spent a lot of those just kind of casual, casual moments with on the road. Well, I can't wait to hear some of those stories. I, I mean, from my perspective, uh, similar, right? Obviously, there's all the accolades on the ice and, and you know, the awards and the Stanley Cup and all of it. But, um, you know, I was just a youngin a 10-year-old kid when Bergie came onto the scene in 2003. So, you know, growing up in Boston, he was he was my guy, right? He was he was the guy I followed and one of my favorite players growing up. So the opportunity to to work with him now is a thrill every day. Um, and just he's been so welcoming to me and just our group in general and making us feel like we're part of the team. And I think, you know, that's getting back to what you're saying, Fair, right? Like everyone knows the on-ice, but the off-ice is, is what separates him from, from everybody else. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about more on that side of things as well, but that's certainly what sticks out for, for Patrice Bergeron for me. He's going to hate this podcast probably because it's going to be full of heaps of praise for him. And that'll probably make him mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. But you know what? He deserves it. Absolutely. We will hear from Patrice Bergeron all his memories on the 2011 Boston Bruins right after this on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light. Cue the Memories, brought to you by Bud Light. Score exclusive merch and more at BudLightLegends.com. And we're back on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light. And joining us now, the captain of the Boston Bruins, Patrice Bergeron. Bergie, what's going on? 
Oh my god, boys. It is fantastic to have you. Um, and nice to see your face. I get to see you once in a while, but uh, it's always a pleasure. I've, I, I've said it with every guest, but um, it truly is. It's it's great. I miss I miss our meals, bud. Me too. Some of my best memories have been uh, using that Zagat and, and, and finding a restaurant and just just discovering, you know, instead of going to, as you said, to all the steakhouses and, and the chains and the regular spots that guys go to. I think uh, I got, it got my mind away from hockey a little bit. You know, sometimes it's good to kind of the day before on the road when you're playing hockey so much to just kind of have some normal, normal conversations and talk about life and thing outside of hockey. And I always got to do that with you. It was always a, pl- a pleasure to, to do and to be with you on the road. Always enjoyed it. Well, I think the thing I, I, now you got kids and a family and you're, you're a little bit older, but I always forgot how young you were. Like when we were playing together, especially like when I first came to Boston, like you just seemed like, you know, you're kind of beyond your years. I'm, I'm sure you've kind of, that's just your personality, but, um, but yeah, it was that aspect of, you know, going on the road, not talking about the last game or talking about like tactics or anything like that. And and I always contend that like um, the guys that have things going on outside of hockey, um, you know, have really long careers because they have a way of getting away from the game. You know, they don't run the roller coaster of high and low emotions based on wins and losses or gold droughts or gold streaks. Right. You know, I always kind of uh, uh, thought that you you did that really well you know you had an interest in lots of things you know that z is obviously very good at that um but a couple great examples of guys that you know get that there's a bigger life out there get that the world is bigger you know understand that you know there's an opportunity of going to cities and going for a walk and seeing what's around philly <laughs> and like uh remember in wash when we like walked for maybe like a two or three hours like just uh sightseeing and and uh we weren't playing the next day. Like I don't want people to think that we were like wasting <laughs> energy either. But uh, uh, but we just discovered uh, went to the White House and uh, Capitol and all that. So you know, sometimes you go on the road. We don't really like visit. You don't get to see the the cities. And I thought I did that a lot with you. So that was that was great. Nice change. That was fun. Have you have you have you replaced it? You got a you found somebody to do that with now? All right. I'll be sad if you haven't. I mean, I I, I do. I, I I go with Marsh a lot. I think Marsh is kind of my guy now. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, we don't necessarily do the the restaurant thing as much as we used to. Well, especially not this year. But I mean, like in the last few years, like I feel like we kind of got away from uh, t- thinking outside the box like we used to. You know, I think we're gonna go back to that. It's a I kind of forgot about it. I put that in memory bank. I'm gonna think about that uh, next year when things open up. So I was telling Russo, like I always kind of lean on like the fact that Luch Luch is a number of things to our group. Um, he's the guy that kind of sends out the text messages. He's the guy that FaceTimes randomly at weird times of the day. Um, he's also a great status, you know, statistician. Stat, I don't know. That's a really hard word. Statistician. Anyways, he knows everything <laughs> about hockey and, yeah. you know, what you've yeah. done and what he's done. And, and I, I tried to up my game a little bit. So this is the first episode where I actually looked up like, all right, what has he accomplished? Because <laughs> here's my thing with Bergie. So Bergie's got Bergie's got three kids now. Anyway, so Bergie's like going to be in like the whole school world right away, like where the kids are going to school and like, and then he's got he's you know Bergie's going to have like the dad friends and the mom friends, like the stuff that's awesome. Like I love I love that. Some of my best friends that I made through you know the towards the end of my career were completely outside of hockey. But here's how it's going to work for Bergie. It actually might be tough in Boston because people just know Bergie so well. But if they didn't follow hockey. Bergie would make friends with people and they could be friends for probably like three, four years. And they probably wouldn't even know that Bergie played hockey or like everything is accomplished because the dude is very humble. He won't never talk about himself. He won't like pat himself on the back, nothing. And so like, I'm sure people would like know him for years and somebody would be like, Oh my God, like that's you're friends with Patrice Bergeron. They'd be like, well, yeah. Do you know who he is? Like, that's the kind of guy he is. So anyways, here, as a good friend, I'm going to share what I found. The dude, who's a 45th overall draft pick, by the way. Oh, my God. Like, what were those teams thinking? Not taking him right away. Has won everything. Everything. He There's a Spengler Cup, which is in Davos. It's like the fancy tournament. He's won that. He's won a world championship. He's won the world junior championship. You know, so everybody knows what that is. Olympics, a couple times. No big deal. Stanley Cup, obviously, he's got he's tied for the most ever Selkie wins, 
for, for you know, incredible hockey player, defensive, offensive, everything. Uh, the King Clancy Award for overall just being an awesome dude. Like, I think he's got the record probably for, like, being involved in, like, shorthanded goals with Marshy. They've probably scored 300 of those. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, that last stat might not be true. Maybe not 300. But probably close. But nobody would ever know. The dude is, like, that's why he's just, you know, what a model of perfection for, you know, not just hockey players, but just for people. Like, go out, work hard, accomplish things, but you don't have to, like, you know, have the megaphone and tell everybody. You just need friends like me to do that for you on podcasts. But, oh, my God. Okay, so that's probably made Bergie blush a bit, and I don't expect him to, like, be like, yeah, you know, pat himself on the back. But you're a kid growing up in Quebec, and, you know, you're coming through the ranks and you're playing hockey and you have these dreams of being in the NHL. Like, could you ever have imagined? Like, it's insane, man. Like, if you actually think about it. And I know you're still playing. Like, this usually comes more in retirement. But could you have ever imagined, like, this? No, I mean, honestly, like, um, growing up, like, it was, I'm sure, just like you, it, it was a dream, right? The dream was to, as a Canadian kid growing up, like, to play in the NHL and that's all you really dream about. You don't dream about anything else. Uh, so no, the answer is no. I, I had no idea. Uh, I've been blessed to play on so many great teams. I think that's, you know, that's what I keep saying all the time. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's team uh, achievements, achievements. It's not like individual achievements, obviously. So it's, it's something that the, I feel very blessed. And, and to me, the one thing I'll never forget, and I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life, is all the friendships that I've created with, with hockey. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, you play your, your heart out and, and you work so hard all those years, but at the end of the day, what really matters is, is the people that you meet and the friends that you make. And, and as I said, the friendship that are going to carry on even beyond your playing years. And I think that's the most special part about you know, my, my career, you know, looking back. That's, that's a good answer. I wouldn't expect any less. <laughs> do, do you, do you have moments? I mean, obviously you're not, I don't think you're anywhere close to the end of your career, just the way you take care of yourself and, and, you know, the way you approach the game. Um, but you are further on in your career. Like, have you had those moments where you kind of like, just like stop and whether it's in the summertime or something like that, but you just stop and be like, Oh, wow like it's it's uh it's quite a thing or is there any one of those like if it's the olympics do you see like a commercial come on tv and just stop and be like wow like that i was part of that like um, what stands out obviously the cup is was what this podcast is about but there's so many to choose from the experience where the olympics were it was great but it's like a two and a half two weeks two and a half weeks you know it's not like uh like the Stanley Cup is the full season with the same guys. You go through like a grind of a playoff. It's just different. You create some different bonds and, and something that so to go back on if I if I do look back or you know, at times if I if I think about uh some of the stuff that I've been able to uh experience and the other day I was before a game and Nesson was on and in the in the locker room and it was actually the playoff run that we had in twenty eleven before winning the Stanley Cup. So they kinda had the a 10 year anniversary um, segment or something. And it was on, I was doing my sticks and I was like, you know, I had goosebumps and I had, you know, brought back a lot of memories. So I kind of had to like leave that room and like focus on that game. Cause we were playing that night. So, uh, but yeah, I think I'm more thankful than anything else. Just thankful for everything I've been able to, to be a part of really. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes you, you take the game for granted uh, when you're in February in the dark days and you're, you know, on the road, you miss your family and you're like, Oh my God, you know, like it's dragging. But then like, if you look back, you're so lucky to, to play the game and to play a sport that you love for a living really. So to me, it's always going back to being thankful for everything I've been able to be a part of an experience. Obviously your whole career is in Boston. Um, and I, and I was kind of thinking about it today. It's, Almost like think of in stages. I do these really, I don't know, I think they're somewhat uh, mediocre uh, anecdotes, but I I kind of look at you as like you built the foundation of what the Bruins are today, right? And that was, you know, when we all came in there and Z came in there and, we, you know, you were part of that leadership group as a very young player. 
Um, but we all kind of sat around and said, like, this is what we want to be. Yeah. We have to build it up, right? And so we kind of put the plan out of, like, what we wanted our identity to be, you know, who, who you know, how we wanted to carry ourselves, how we wanted fans to associate with us. And we put a lot of work in and built that up and became a playoff contender, you know. And then we kind of put the, you know, fancier stuff around the edges and, and uh, became a Stanley Cup champ. But now you're still there, right? For so many years. And now you're like a building manager, right? Like everything's built. The foundation's built. The fancy stuff's on there. You know, you're perennial playoff contender. But now you're really, you know, trying to bring in a whole another generation of players and introduce them to, this is what I built and I, I want to keep it. And how does that look now? You know, because I, I've never, you know, you've, you've been there longer than any of us, right? So um, has it, has it fundamentally changed the way you like talk about things the way you, cause it, you're not in a building mode anymore. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a great question. I think um, to go back on that, you know, saying that I started that, I, I don't necessarily agree because it, you know, it's like, it's a bunch of us that came in kind of, you know, in the same, I was young, you know, when, when that happened. So I learned from guys like Marty Lapointe before me and, and a few guys that kind of had those fundamentals and, and the basic of like the, the hard work and knew how to win and all that. And then, Z came in and you and, 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 you know, authority. So there's a lot of guys that came in that had that leadership um, aspect and, and, and they had that will and that want to, to, to establish a culture. And, and, and it was all it kind of snowballed with, with the character that we had in that locker room. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to bring with the, you know, the, anyone that comes through our doors is to make them understand that, you know, we're a team you're a part of the puzzle. Uh, you're just the only, you're, you're a piece of it and, and you're, you're valued and, and we want you to be you and, and, and bring what you bring to the table. But that being said, like we don't win with one guy here, you know, like we work and we we're making ourselves accountable that, you know, I'm going to do my job and I, I uh, trust you that you're going to do your job and, and, and come in and, and be a professional and play the right way and, and, and do the work off the ice. And, I think that's kind of what we're trying to tell the any guy that, that comes through the doors, but also the young guys, especially because they're, you know, I've told them this year, like it's going to be their team. And, and, and you know, at some point in, in the near future, you know, we're all kind of getting older as far as like the the leadership group, if you will. And we have to kind of bring in some of the young guys to be leaders and to uh, take over. So I think it's kind of that cycle. You don't want a cycle to, to end because I feel like we have something great going. So it's about, uh, keeping that um, for the future of that organization. Bergie, I wanted to, to ask you about a, an anecdote that was in uh, Full 60 to History, uh, the book that was sort of recapping the 2011 team. There's so many great stories in there. One of them is uh, Ray Bork. He gave you a jersey in, I think it was 2005, and it said, bring the cup back to Boston on it. Um, how much do you remember from that? How much do you cherish that? And what was the pressure like during those years trying to bring the Bruins back to being a contender, especially when you had the Red Sox and the Patriots and the Celtics starting to, to climb and winning their championships as well. Yeah. So um, Ray was, um, he was kind of a, an advisor, I think, or he would come on the ice um, with us in, in 05. And I think he did that for a year or two, maybe. And um, he would, you know, put his gear on and kind of help us with the power play and help the B man and, um, work with us and, and give us some advice. So uh, he was at the rink a lot and, you know, I got to know him a lot. I, I got to learn from him. I got to um, talk, have some, some great conversations with him, but that being said, like he's obviously like I grew up in Quebec and, you know, he, he's from um, the same province and he's had an amazing career. So I kind of, you know, idolized him if you will uh, in a certain way. And I had a lot of respect for him. So I asked him for a Jersey. Uh, well, no, I, I said, if I get you a jersey, it would be okay for you to sign it. And sure enough, like two days later, he shows up with a jersey that he wore on the ice, a game-worn jersey, signed, and on, on it he wrote, um, good luck with, you know, your career and wishing that you can bring a, a cup back to Boston. And, you know, I, it was amazing. And obviously I framed that it's in, my, in my basement. And um, it was always, you know, I guess uh, a, a nice reminder and a nice little challenge. Um, when I saw that and I thought that was great to go back on, on the fact that the other teams were winning 
I just said challenge. I think it was a great challenge. I don't think it was extra pressure. I never felt it as pressure anyways. I felt it more as a, you know, this is great. Like it's, it's our turn now to, to do something about it and kind of bring some energy to it or, or, you know, bring some life and kind of, I don't know, to me, it just made me realize that it is possible that we can also do it. You know, if they're all, the, all these teams are doing it, so why not us? You know what I mean? Like, so it's just a great challenge. And that's what I always say that, like, my answer to pressure is always like, I have high expectations of myself. So the outside pressure shouldn't matter because I always want to be at my best. And I, I know I'm the first guy to know, like, if, if we need to be better, whether individually or as a team. So, like, we know that internally. We don't need to really listen to anywhere else or, you know, we know that uh, what we can accomplish as a team. And that's kind of what I was going with during that time. Yeah, that works if you have, you know, very, very good self-awareness and you're honest with yourself, which you are, obviously, which makes a very, very good captain, by the way, uh, coincidentally. Um, <laughs> so, I, you, know, you must have been cheering for Ray then because he played for your Nordiques, essentially, and won the cup. Yeah, you're right. That's right, because I, I was. Um because they they moved in 96 and they won in 96 so that was really hard to to see because uh you know they had a great team in 95 they lost uh, early in the playoffs i think then they moved to colorado and they win right away not with ray but they, they won uh, in 96 so yeah i you know it was the same players playing on that team so i did uh i continued to cheer for the the avalanche if you will and and uh the nordiques and uh and then Ray went over there, so it was kind of exciting to, to see him there and, and lift that cup. I was definitely cheering uh, during that playoff run for him to, to win it. I guess we I guess we can talk about 2011. Lots to talk about with Bergie just to get to that point, though, because he he had the longest history of, of any of you guys going into that run, right? So for me, like all the Habs games get bundled into like this one big massive lump of like craziness. <laughs> Just like, I can't even remember like, so true, man. like one crazy game versus another. Like I can't remember which season yeah. they're in. I'm just like, Oh yeah, that game. But I can't remember like if it was in this season or that season, we just had so many, right. Yeah. And crazy playoffs yeah. and all these battles and, and stuff like that. Like, was it a little extra sweet for you? Like, especially being a Nordiques fan, like that would have been a massive, you know, rival is, is the Habs. And so a little extra, little extra sweetness for you every, every time we faced off against them. I got to say too, that for me back home, like I'll, I always hear about it. If, you know, if the Habs beat us or, you know, if we, if we lose a playoff series against them, like um, not from my friends or my family, but it's more like from the, when I go home from the people like the, that I meet like out on the street or whatever, like, you know, they're going to rub it in for sure. So um it's definitely extra motivation i'll tell you that uh when we play montreal i mean for many reasons that's that's the probably the number one but it's also you know like i grew up as you as we said like a nordiques fan there was a huge rivalry with montreal so um you know i i think it was a perfect scenario for me to play for the bruins and and go on and continue that uh that that, that the legacy of that rivalry i guess and and be a part of it has been an honor it's been special um you know in 2011 it was extra special to to win that in game seven and, and kind of propelled us to the next few rounds and, and and obviously ultimately winning the cup there was like a collective kind of nervousness i guess around our team of like we better win <laughs> this thing's getting yeah. this thing's getting blown up obviously the year before with philly and all that but like we knew we had to like there was no other option um you know yeah. and so uh, you know, we were a little bit more nervous and high-strung probably during that series. But, um, you know, actually winning it in, in Game 7 in overtime, like you think of like a knife's edge of how close it is, you know, of advancing. But not only advancing, but, you know, not just completely blowing up the nucleus of that of that right. Bruins team. And, and uh, I remember it was just like this giant weight, you know, was kind of lifted off our shoulders after that first round and how good it felt. Yeah. Like it just felt so good. Um no, despite sure. all the crazy, you know, the craziness of that series. But I just, uh, you know, I remember, you know, you, you know, when you'd speak up in the in the room and uh, you never really seemed nervous. <laughs> you know, you were always, like I said, you're younger. You're probably one of the younger guys of that leadership group. You had guys like Recky, myself, you know, Thornton, Z, and, and yourself. And obviously you, you probably played, you know, just as much as any of us. But you were a younger guy. But you never exhibited any, you know, nervousness any sense of like i'm i'm totally calm i got this and that was like i feel yeah. like such a good it was good medicine for the room right 
Ah, Bergie's going out and taking the face off. Look at how calm he is. You know, it was like a calming. Yeah. Ah, Bergie's going out to kill this penalty. Like we don't got to worry about that. You know, like every time, like you just, I feel like that was probably one of the most valuable things he brought despite, you know, the assists and goals and all that, but it was just a real kind of calming presence. So, um, I don't know if that's not much of a question. It's just more of a compliment, but, uh, but no, is that something that, that you you know, really concentrate on or is it just a natural thing? I think it's natural to be honest, but at the same time, I think uh, if you see, let's say the cat, you're on the boat and you see the captain like panicking and losing his mind. And you're like, Oh my God, like we're going, we're, we're sinking, we're going down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so like it's, it's, that's kind of the analogy that I, that I can think of. It's like, as, as a leader, you have to show that, you know, like we're okay. Like we're going to get through this. We just need to, to believe in ourselves. And, 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 but I, I think it is natural a little bit where like, I'm just trying to be in the moment and, and, and worry about what I have to do at that particular time and not think about the fact that you know, if you think about the Montreal series, you're down to nothing. Oh my God, we got to win this. You know, it's like, no, let's, let's win this shift. And then we'll, we'll worry about the, the next one after that. Otherwise, otherwise you get lost is what, is what I mean. You, you may not have shown it, but did you internally realize, like Fair was saying, hey, if, if this series doesn't go our way, there could be some big changes to this group? Yeah, I think uh, it was definitely something that, that you, you, you think of. You're like, this is probably the worst case scenario right now, being down to nothing, going to Montreal, right? It's like, all right, this, this is not as planned. Uh, especially with the team that we have. Uh, I think about 2010, two against Philly, you know, losing that series. And I think that, to me anyways, and I'm sure it's, it's going to be the same for Fair and, and the rest of the guys, like, I feel like it gave me confidence that, you know, you're down to nothing, but they still have to win two more games and we're the better team. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, you know, we, we just did that last year where we were on the other side of it where teams get overconfident sometimes. They're not saying that they were, but, you know, sometimes you kind of, you can gain ground that way by just like worrying about the next game and, and not thinking too far ahead and, and knowing that you need to to win four games, not just one or two. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not enough. So, um, yeah, it was on my I, – I knew it was there, but I was trying to be in the moment and and, and concentrate. And, and to be honest, I remember uh, – I think we were in Lake Placid. I went for lunch with uh, Fair and, and Rex, actually. And um, we were talking, we were down to nothing, as, as we know. We're in Lake Placid, we're going to Montreal. And I remember, I think Fair and Rex were talking to her like, it's, it's mid-April right now, you know? Like, it's still so cold back home. Like, I don't want to be done with the season as we speak. Like, there's so much more hockey to be played. Like, let's just relax and, and, and go out there and have fun and enjoy ourselves. And, and that kind of spoke to me, actually. I was like, they're so right, you know? Like, what else would you rather be doing than, than playing hockey right now, you know? A few of the guys have talked about Rex and his his speech after you guys got down 2-0. Um, you know, what do you remember from that? And then just in general, what did he mean to that group and pulling you guys through? And, and what was it like for you to have him on your line for that run? Yeah, Rex, I think it was always his experience, you know, he, it's calmness too. Every time he would bring something up, it was, he always seemed in control and seemed like he's he's been through it so many times that it was it would just never phase him, you know. And and I think Fair just talked about that, you know, when you're look looking up to to a leader and you see that in him, you're like, all right, like he's he's in control. He seems like calm. We're gonna be okay. So like it kind of calms you down, right? When you see that from your teammates. So yeah, that's what I saw from him. Uh, that speech was basically to tell us that, you know, like we're going to Montreal and do the same thing, do the same thing they just did to us, you know, win the two games over there. And, and then we have a series. So that was great. I think his, it was an honor to be on his line. You know, he's obviously, uh, I've learned so much from him on, but also especially off the ice, you know, um, how to conduct yourself and how to, how to lead and, and whatnot. So it was, um, I feel very, very lucky that that uh, he crossed that I crossed paths with him. I guess. And your other line mate, uh, Brad Marchand. Obviously, you're still with him ten years later, and you've become one of the great duos ever for the Bruins and for the NHL. But that year, when he was, you know, starting on the fourth line, and eventually ended up with you, did you realize his talent then? Did you know what kind of uh, chemistry you guys might be able to build during during when he first came aboard on your line um I think his talent was was uh you could see it right away you know but but what stuck with me the most or 
impressed me the most was his uh his character and his his uh, his competitive level you know like he was so competitive on every puck in practice and games and i was always impressed by that i was like you know he you can tell he wanted it you know like he, he really wanted it to not only make it but also like to make an impact and um yeah so th- about the chemistry i think it's funny because we played a couple like preseason games together and and they kind of clicked right away to be honest with you like we kind of found each other on the ice well and you know we kind of worked we were we were kind of in sync right away uh we didn't have to talk much about um where to be uh, on certain plays so it kind of developed on its own but it's obviously um it's been a treat to, to play with them all these years it's been the a real pleasure and I feel very lucky well, and such a massive uh, you know bonus for him is is just to have you there and I think one of the the biggest restrictions that most young players run into the non-ability to try what they actually want to try <laughs> you know uh, sometimes it's a little bit more of a high risk play or a high risk move or something that uh, you know you could get in trouble for, I guess, typically from a, from a coach, if you're a young player and you're, you're, you're kind of right. going a little bit out of their comfort zone, perhaps. Um, and so you end up playing a little bit more conservative and, and you might have the ability or the talent to do something, but you choose not to, you know, then you err on the side of safety. But I think for Marshy, like to have you there and know like, Bergie's got my back. <laughs> he's so responsible, and and really like just the way that you play the game and and can read what he's trying to do, and and it's like there's just this constant safety valve for them. And and so, as a young player, you see Marshy, and he had that kind of raw talent, but then to have uh, that green light to go out and try it and to play, like go try it and do it, and like that doesn't mean be reckless, but have the confidence to to go out there and. And go for it, you know. Uh, I think we talked about it last podcast, like you know, about the that that uh, that balance between being scared of losing or excited to win. It's it's a different, you know, it's the same on a on a micro level, right? That I'm scared that I'm going to turn the puck over, or I'm I'm confident that I'm going to make this play work, and and that really helps when you have uh, that kind of duo where you know he's he's got the skill and the uh, the confidence to try something out, and then he's got the the great line mate that will. We'll bail him out and make uh, make any mistake not look as bad as it actually is. So it's just been awesome to watch. Like uh, I think we complement each other well that way, right? Where he's offensively, he's, he's always creating so much because he's always on that puck. He's making some moves, and then he's going to kind of beat you one on one. And then I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm going to get some pucks to him, you know, by by with my stick or or positioning and whatnot, and kind of send him uh, on the offense. So I, I feel like the compliment is is really there where um you know where i don't necessarily have that that side of the game that marshy has you know maybe like i'm complimenting uh that the other side of it where it's a nice little um you know duo i guess if you will and it's been working well obviously there's that chemistry where you've been playing together for 10 years then you kind of get used to where where he's going and 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 that he's gonna probably make a move on this one so i should probably take a step back or on that one is you know it's like you, you kind of have agreed now to and you can be positionally you, you can be at the right spot to uh to read what your alignment is going to do which is kind of neat actually if you were on our team charter in 2011 russo you would have seen uh me and bergie laying beside each other and you know i, I remember laying there and, and we're we're in the stanley cup finals and we're flying to vancouver and and uh just kind of yeah reminiscing about the the run and whatnot but really preparing for that uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, and and we were landing in in Vancouver, and and just having that that sense of confidence, and and kind of like you said with the Montreal series, you know, you go down go down by two, but I never felt panic, and and I think that's a combination of you know guys like Rex, no. guys like Z, guys like yourself, that I actually think there was more panic and more nervousness in the Montreal series than there was in the finals, and I think it was, there was such utter confidence. But um, do you remember that? Like, guys, your first final, you know, that was kind of you know we gotten so close to the mountaintop and we're getting ready for those games and ready for that series like what was going through your head yeah no i think the you said it perfectly you know i i, I feel like i mean obviously before the the vancouver series there was definitely some some nervousness and all the media day and all that stuff and uh but that being said i was just more excited to be there you know like it was just more like wow like i'm gonna stand like a final like I've, <laughs> that was my dream growing up to play in the nhl now I'm, I, I have actually a chance to to win the cup so let's just go and you know, play the game and it's easy to say, but I, I felt like 
that was the vibe I was getting from everyone, you know, like, and obviously, like, as we all know, like, we went down to nothing in Vancouver. And then uh, I felt like we were, you know, we've been there before. That, that's, that's how I felt. I was like, wow, like, it's, we're fine. We're going to go home and, and, and take those two games and, and, and make it a series again. You know, we've been there again, Montreal, we went in seven against uh, Tampa. So, you know, it's nothing we haven't seen before. So um, I, I had a, a sense of, of confidence, but also some guys that were in control. And, and that kind of made me also kind of stay with it and, and, and be confident that we can actually accomplish it. You know, it was, I think there's a lot of veterans on that team that, you know, even Shane 90 or guys that, you know, w would be around the team that uh, I've seen a lot of things, I had a lot of experience. You know, you look at Chris Kelly, um, yourself, you know, Z, even sides, you know, there's a lot of guys that even though that didn't have a cup, we still had the experience. We've been there in the playoffs and we had that sense of, of, of leadership and, 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 and want to, to be the best and, and just being accountable for themselves. And, and to me, we just, you didn't have to say much. It was more like we're, we're in control and, and, and we control our destiny basically, you know what I mean? Like, so I felt I was in a better place in, against Vancouver than against Montreal which is kind of weird to say. And you've played well over a thousand games with playoffs and, and regular season. Yeah. Those games at home, remember that? Like the noise, you know, the buzz in the, in the, in the garden, you know, scoring all those goals, yeah. the crowd just going crazy. Like, have you played games that are more fun, fun than that? Like I'm biased because like, it was, but, it was, you've been in a few finals now. And yeah. It's just like, it was insane. I think like the loudest I've heard the garden is probably in, 13 2013 when we came back against toronto that's i've never seen anything like it those two games at home was i, mean, I know we played three but the first two like the game three and four were insane In, and the amount of goals we scored too like the crowd just was they were they were like loving it it was it was amazing just and, and, and obviously you, you you get some momentum out of it right so it's like Oh, it's just an amazing, an amazing feeling. Something it's, it's so hard to describe, but sorry. I, I know back then you lived close to the garden. Did you walk to the games? Uh, did I walk at that time? I think I, I must've, but I don't know if I did. I, I don't know if I did in, in, in the finals. Cause there's, you remember there was like the NHL network thing right outside. Like they had the cameras and, and they had like a big setup outside and there was like thousands of people out there. So I must've driven. Uh, which was legit the five minute, five minute. It was probably longer for me to drive than walk, but uh, I'm just picturing people crowd surfing you the whole way. Exactly. The front door. <laughs> Save your legs. <laughs> yeah. we, we got you. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I, I think part of the reason the garden was buzzing so much too during those games was there was already a hatred and a rivalry built up against the Canucks even after the first couple of games. We all remember what happened in, in game one. I knew, I know I was trying to get through the TV at Alex Burrows in, in game one. How did you sort of stay calm? I know you talked about staying calm and how important that was. How did you in that moment, and at the same time, how did that and some of the other things they might have done sort of propel you guys and motivate you guys as that series went? Oh, man. It was a... Uh... <laughs> You look back. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. You look back. It's that? like the amount of things that 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 was done in that series, that, and the motivation that that you that we got. It, it was like it just kept adding on and on and on. And and I, I'm not gonna get into too much of that because I feel like it's you know like it's done with. But to me, like that that whole thing with Burroughs, it is what it is. Like it's it, I don't really care about it. it was more like i didn't want to talk about it to the media and and i've some guys pushed me like like to, to talk about it in case he was going to get suspended oh, you have to say something like so that maybe you know like creates a buzz and i'm like no like i don't want to talk about it i feel like it's you know it's worry about game two now you know what i mean like so that's that's the, that's how i felt but that being said like to me like the biggest thing was like when they hit nate horty when they that hit like they poked the, that was, that was the series right there. Like to me, it's like, all right, they're done. Like we're, we're not losing this series anymore. Guys, you could tell guys were so rattled and, and, and kind of rallied around that, you know, it, it was hard to watch, but obviously don't want to put all on this, but I felt like there's a lot of things that were done in that series that 
you know, kind of, <laughs> which is good. I mean, it is. A, and, and you look back and I, I think there's a lot of things that would have been called, you know, like <laughs> even right now, like even in the playoffs, like, man, they were letting everything go. Like I remember like game seven fair gets absolutely blown up. Like he's not even looking from, um, was it Hanson or, and you, you separated your shoulder, right? Yeah. If I ever, I, I still, I still, yeah, I still might get him if I see him. <laughs> <laughs> like some alumni game or something. Oh my god! Like I, I still, owe, I still owe him one. That was insane. You know what I mean? Like Z, you know, I think it was uh, Higgins or something that that gets Z like at the blue line. He's not even like close to the puck. Like there's a lot of those. There was a bad one on Pevs too. I, I rewatched the game and saw one on Pevs. I think it was Game Seven as well. I was like, oh my god, it was so dirty. And I'm sure like we, yeah. we did the same thing to them. Like they probably have like a, a handful of those that yeah. they're like, what about this guy on that? You know, like. Uh, they were just they were just not calling anything. It was it was a free for all, which it was a battle, but like it it made it for a big rivalry for sure. Like guys were going after each other. When I watched you, you know, raise the cup, you know, we talk about this with a bunch of the guys is like how special it is to watch, you know, your teammates yeah. and your brothers, you know, go through that experience. Like honestly, for you, and, and I guess this touches back on on Horty. One of my, like, unfortunately, lasting memories is what you went through with your concussion, yeah. right? And, like, I remember that, like, coming to the rink and, like, you know, seeing you with the docks and, like, the lights had to be off in the room and, like, we had to get John Whitesides to a different room because he was too loud. <laughs> like, for real. Like, it's kind of like, haha, but, like, it was, like, as a teammate, you're like, oh, my God. Like, it just, like, kind of, you get struck with reality, right? Like, we, you know, you can get lost in hockey and, oh, wins, losses, this and that, the life and all that. But when you see, like, one of your best friends and you're like, oh, my God, like, in a bad spot, right? Yeah. Like the lights dimmed and everybody having to be quiet and, and obviously how long that took for you to come back from that. Like, when I saw you watch the, you know, when you, when you raised the cup, like, part of me was just like, thank God he has the ability to. Like, I'm just glad that you got back to playing, yeah. you know, yeah. let alone to the level that you're at. But it's easy to forget that, right? Because it was quite a few years ago. Um, you know, but when you saw Horty get hit, obviously, you know, I imagine that's got to bring up a little bit of extra, you know, I don't know, memory for you. I don't know. You know what to call it. Yeah, it does. I guess in a way, like you, you, you worry about the guy, you know, you've been through it. Right. So, you know, it's, it's hard and it's not easy and, um, and you feel bad, you know, you, you don't want anyone to have to, have to go through that, uh, same kind of path and, and, and you hope for the best, but that one was, it was hard to watch, you know, like it's, um, it's one of those hits that, that, that was really, uh, was tough. Uh, happy to see him, you know, obviously I think he was, uh, he was there for game four or something, or maybe game six. Anyways, he was with, um, he was shown to the crowd and it kind of gave us a boost, but yeah, you know, you, you, you think about the, the friend more than, Oh, we just lost Gordy as our, our right winger. You know, he's been scoring some big goals in the playoff. You, you don't think about that. You think about the, you know, your friend, your buddy that's down, and 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 you worry about his health. You know. Yeah. We get uh, upbeat here and go to Game Seven. Well, actually, I want to talk about the night before Game Seven because, again, reading full sixty to history, you had quite a night before uh, Game Seven that night before. Take us through it. There Did was. I? I think like YouTube highlights you watch to get motivated, and uh, you went for a walk. There was a chat with Mark Recchi. What what was sort of that night before like? And, and take us through some of the things you might have done to sort of get ramped up for Game Seven. Yeah, so um, you know, I remember we we flew to Vancouver for before Game Two, uh, before Game One. Sorry, and uh, we didn't skate, uh, and. Same thing for game five within this game. And then before game seven, Claude was at, asked us, like, do you guys, when we land in Vancouver, do you guys want to skate? And I was like, well, all of us, we said, like, yeah, I think it'd be nice to get on the ice, get the, you know, um, the legs going, get some uh, some energy a little bit, touch the ice and, and concentrate on, on tomorrow. And so that was the start of it. Uh, practice when we landed, then we had, like, a team meal. Um, it was very silent at the meal i'm not gonna lie that's what i remember anyways i didn't say much and and then i spoke to rex i think rex was there and i was kind of asking him how he felt and he just seemed again calm and ready to go and uh looking forward to it so it kind of gave me the 
not motivation. It just, it just calmed me down. It just made me realize that he's right. You know, it's, it's a hockey game and we have to go and enjoy it and embrace the, the moment. And um, so I went in my back in my room and as you said, I kind of watched some, some highlights or some videos of, of um, us, you know, like whether it's in the playoffs or, or, um, you know, there, there's some pump up videos of like brewing stuff on, on the internet. So you kind of look at that and uh, get yourself going, but <laughs> you also want to rest your brain and, and kind of, so I kind of, after that, I went for a walk and um, try to reset and, and try to get myself ready for a nice night, try to rest as much as I could. And, and, and that was it. That was my night. Nothing much was trying to trying to get some fresh air and getting focused for, for the next big game. And Russo, I don't know if you remember, because you were young back then, but he had a pretty big game. Yes, yes, he did. I, I actually remember that quite well, Fair. <laughs> so whatever, yeah, whatever YouTube clips he was watching, like, you should bookmark those ones and just <laughs> use them next time you're in a game seven. I mean, so you go out there and, and I mean, I'm so glad it wasn't like one of those, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning 0-0 games <laughs> until the third period. Uh-huh. Like, you scored pretty early, and I just remember being like, yeah. oh, thank God. All right, yeah. we're on the board, right? Yeah. And nowhere near confident that we're going to win or anything, but just getting on the board It just early. calms, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. Like, I don't know, like, you guys were obviously – really happy but uh but it's uh it was such a huge goal like and and the funny part about it is like almost nobody knew it went in like even even Luongo like Luongo didn't even see the puck and the crowd doesn't cheer right because you're not at home and it's just kind of like I think like you're kind of the first to realize it right that you hit the puck like uh what happened on that one yeah so um it's on a face-off Marshy jumped behind their center and grabbed the puck and uh was you know i i was trying to get open in the slot and 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 got it but it, it's he passed it through like two vancouver guys rex was there too i was like the last guy behind and, and the puck just trickled through you know like it i was like please come to me please come to me and then it finally did and i i was ready for it and um i don't think luongo really saw the puck because there was so he many didn't bodies. even know it was shot yeah yeah, yeah exactly and I got lucky. I hit the post there and and went in. So, um, and, and it wasn't you know a great shot by any means. It was more of a uh, just trying to get it on net, right? So, um, but then, like as you said, I think when you get that first goal, it kind of gives you the the confidence and, and and just calms you down, and then you can just concentrate on you know your job. And I feel like you don't try to force things, right? You just go back to like let's just play, you know, like let's just go. So it, it was a nice. Um, Especially early, as you said, it was nice to get that on the road. The fact that we also lost the first three in Vancouver um, and we didn't score many goals, I think scoring that goal was like, all right, now we got this. You know what I mean? Like, I watched golf the other day on TV, and I don't know if you've watched golf lately, but they have this fancy things like when guys go for a putt, and it gives you like – it's like a video game, man. They, they tell you like what percentage, like, oh, this guy's got a – three percent chance of making this putt i don't know how they do it like there's some smart smart computer somewhere but the the fact if if you had that same like fancy technology on that goal it would be like 0.2 percent like marshy's pass getting to you your stick coming down just perfectly there's kind of a a weird the guy's skates were kind of in the way weird so you just timed it perfectly and then the fact that it actually went in like the probability on that Puck yeah. actually like I don't think I followed through though my like I don't think I followed through because like I hit a skate I think and it got caught but the puck still went like it was kind of yeah it was a very weird uh event and then you had one of the nicest breakaways of your career it was a really <laughs> yeah. good move I can't totally remember it but I think it was like backhand toe drag shelf maybe <laughs> yeah oh yeah so definitely shelf yeah, but shorthanded one of many shorthanded goals shorthanded um yeah and and there was no controversy around that one, right? <laughs> Not on my side. Like on our side, I felt like we were kind of like the whole time was a goal, but I don't think, I think they saw it differently on their side. But to me, I, I honestly didn't, people are saying that I touched that with my, my glove, but I've never touched that with my glove. It, 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 I do get in contact with Luongo, but yeah, it's the puck that the guy holds you down though, going. right? Like, like it was a penalty shot if it doesn't right. go in. And then it would have been a backhand toe drag. Yeah, you think he would have? I don't know if they would have given the penalty shot though, no, like, because not. it's the game, you know, game seven. Yeah, I doubt it. 
But if if there was a penalty shot given, Thorny probably would have like jumped up and wanted to take it. Toe drag back in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, obviously, a couple of big goals. I mean, like I said, we could probably do a whole podcast just on some of your performances in single games. But we do get to the moment where empty net goal. That's I think consensus amongst everybody we've talked to, uh, including myself. That was the only time when we actually allowed ourselves to be like, "Oh my god, yeah, hey, this is this we is real. This. We got this." And, yeah. And so, uh, I, can I chalk you up for another vote for for that, or did you have a, a different sense of it? No, I think you're right. I think I'm on board for that. Um, I didn't allow myself to believe even after the third goal. Um, you know, they score one and it's, they make it a game. You know what I mean? Like, so like, you don't want to think about it. You want to continue. Like you, you want to stay in the moment. You want to concentrate on, on, on keep pushing and keep getting better or, or keep um, putting the pressure on them so that they don't uh, get back at you and, 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 and bite you. So yeah, when Marcy scored that one, it was the first time I started celebrating and, and you can see that in the corner, like it's me, Rex and, uh, in March before the D's joined us. And I think you were there, were you, were you not? I, I won't forget that. <laughs> and I see Marsh, he's banging on the glass because he, he sees his family up there. Like he's looking at them, like, you know, cheering and, and oh my God, that was an amazing moment. You know, like realizing that, wow, we actually did it. You know, like it's, we can start celebrating. That was do you remember those uh, those couple minutes on the bench? Like, what are you thinking about? Like what's going through your head? You know, who are you thinking about? Like, I don't know, like what it was, it was kind of crazy, but we had enough time for it not to be just crazy. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm kind of like preparing myself to go jump on the ice and throw my my gloves and my helmet. And like, I'm like, all right, like I got to tuck in my mouthpiece so I don't lose it because I need this. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm preparing <laughs> just to like go celebrate. I'm like, let's just like run, you know, let's, let's uh, make sure we run uh, run down the clock and, and let's go celebrate. That's kind of what I was thinking, to be honest with you. I was like, that's just let's do this. Like, I can't wait to just jump on top, on top of each other and, 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 and scream at the top of my lungs and, and enjoy, you know, like, that's kind of the feeling I had on the bench. I was like, couldn't contain my, my joy anymore. Did you take a big enough skate with the cup? That's a big mistake. Not a big enough loop, not enough time. No. Need a good picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think Timmy, I think Timmy did it well, you know, looking back, I'm like, Maybe I should have done that, you know. Like, <laughs> you just do it again, man. Just go win another. Yeah, you're right. Let's do it again. I'll do a real lap this time. I can't remember, but did you have family there? Did they come down? Yeah, my my parents, my brother, and and Steph was there. My my wife. So, um, yeah, I I couldn't wait for them to go down. Obviously, so so when I had the cup, like, um, I was looking at them because they were like right there in the corner. Um, so when I I looked at them once with it. I looked at you guys, and then I turned around and looked at them, and I gave it uh, to Timmy, actually. So, um, yeah, it was a special, special moment. I remember you with your shoulder, like, you're like, ah, trying to lift it up, you know? Like, you had to, though. I was like, man. Yeah, I know. You just suck. I, I paid for that, I think, <laughs> for the rest of the summer. But I know. Yeah, I know. You, you... I know. I felt bad. I was like, ah. Yeah, you got to make that happen, though. That's all right. Yeah, it didn't, sure. didn't feel too bad at the time. Exactly. At the time, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other the other fun moment was uh, our parade, right? And, and I think it's even in the intro to the – you're in the intro to this podcast, I think, a few times. Just talk – you know, you, mm-hmm. you're you talking to the fans at the, ra- you know, at the rally and at the parade and getting people fired up. And Oh, yeah. Did you, did you uh, let, give Marcia a heads up at least about black and yellow or, or how did that, how yeah, did that, that play out? That's the question I've, I was been actually waiting. A bit surprised. I've been waiting I didn't for know that, that question. So we're walking down towards the, you, you know, at the garden, it's like three floors right down to, to the parking lot. So we go down the stairs and I'm with Chimmer and he's like, hey, I think you should do something. Like, I'm like, okay, what should I do? He's like, he's like, how about you like you? You sing black and yellow. I'm like, I'm not singing black. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no chance I'm doing that. And he goes, Well, how about Marshy? I was like, oh, I'll ask him. And Marshy's like, he's been celebrating, right? So he's <laughs> he was on a good run, know, to say so to say the least. He's on a good run. So so like I, I go to him. I'm like, hey man, do you wanna do you wanna sing black and yellow? He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's he's like so into it. I'm like, all right, he's in. You know. Now when I talk to him about it he's not very happy about, <laughs> about the whole situation he, he thinks that i pressured him into doing it but i 
honestly just asked him, I was like, hey, if you want to do this? He's like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, all right. Quater blamed me for the same thing for the mullet. He said it was like one of those like, yeah, it's Pressure. a great idea because it's you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, black and yellow, awesome idea if you yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel It's bad, funny though. the things that became iconic moments out of that celebration. And one of them, Bergie, is one we've been uh, asking to everybody to wrap up uh, these episodes. And it's the Foxwoods trip, that famous bill that everyone has seen. Uh, there was a lot of Bud Lights on that list. Who was drinking all of those Bud Lights that night? Every one of us? Like, is that a trick question? Or <laughs> the, Remember that bottle that we couldn't even lift up to grab like a, a sip out of? Like, it was ridiculous, man. Was... Yeah. <laughs> it really was ridiculous. But, uh, oh well. That's, uh, it, was, it was a lot of good times. I, I, just, I always just remember... I was so happy to to throw a strike at Fenway the next day. I think there's yeah. there's a few guys that put their balls into the dirt and and didn't quite have the aim the following day at that Fenway. That was fun. But, that was a fun day. That was pretty special to be there and and that was after Foxwoods, right? We kind of went straight yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple. I think we even had was, people mi- missing in action, but uh, we made it. I threw a strike. Did you throw a strike? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a strike, but I. Yeah, I kind of did. All right. Continuing the the legend that is Patrice Bergeron. I mean, I, I love it, man. I, I actually, and truth be told, like I'm biased for sure, but I watch way more Bruins games than other people. And people ask like, oh, why are you want, you know, and it's, it's because I'm like, oh, I watch my friends. <laughs> like it makes me, yeah. it makes me so happy to, to watch your continued success and to see you out there. And I still hold so much pride and, um, you know, for what you do on the ice, but also just, you know, you're continuing continuing that legacy of what we built and and who the Bruins are and what the reputation of that team is and um, yeah, just yeah, so proud when I watch you, buddy. You know, we gotta do this face to face at some point soon, hopefully. But uh, it's always a, a pleasure. It's been uh, I have only good memories about our time together, and it's been uh, it's been awesome, man. It's something I'll never forget. And as I said, you know, friendships always come first, and I'm very thankful for for our friendship so thanks for that everybody well good luck for us this season for you thanks man i appreciate it patrice bergeron the captain of the boston bruins on cue the memories presented by bud light we'll be back to wrap it up right after this the pro shop powered by 47 at the hub on causeway is bruins fans one-stop shop to gear up for hockey season find the largest selection of authentic jerseys in the city the latest in bruins headwear from brands like 47 and even more exclusive black and gold merchandise Visit the Pro Shop during your next visit to TD Garden or shop online anytime at bostonproshop.com. And we're back to wrap up another episode of Cue the Memories. Patrice Bergeron, he is something else, isn't he, Fair? Well, what a guy. Yeah, it's hard to keep those conversations short just because there's so much to talk about and learn from him. Like I said, like you could do you could do a whole podcast series just on performance and like, you know, the mindset behind you know, competitiveness and, you know, success and all these things. Like he's, he, he is a library of knowledge, you know, around that. And that's obviously, you know, why he's had so much success. Um, but he's just remarkably humble and, and fairly low key about, uh, uh, just about how good he is. It's, it's just absolutely insane what he's accomplished. No doubt. And that's, again, the big thing I take away from this is how humble he is and just, uh, He's the best. He's the best, and it's just it's a pleasure to, to be around him every day and, and see him work. And I just think, too, you know, some of the on-ice stuff. Like, I always I always enjoyed watching him play, and I always knew how good he is. But now getting the chance to watch him every single night, you just pick up on those little things that he does, and it's, it's incredible. And he, he just he continues to do it every single game, and there's no drop-off. Well, he doesn't know any different, right? And I think that's probably where the humbleness comes from. He's like, well, what, like there's a different option like for him that's just that's just the way it is that's the way you do things that's the way you carry yourself that's the way you compete i mean you see him at practice like he's unbelievable like he's the hardest you know hardest worker he's going to drive the pace he's going to be just as competitive in practice like that's just the way it is for him and that's he doesn't know any different right it really is a true pleasure to um yeah to to from a pure hockey standpoint to watch him and cheer for him um, but just from the human standpoint to know him and uh, like spend time with him and 
uh, understand, you know, I think where some of that, you know, some of that greatness comes from, you know, in, in, in the way he carries himself. It's just, uh, he's a remarkable human being. He's uh, you know, lucky, lucky the, for Boston to have, have drafted him and for all those other teams to have had a, a massive miss <laughs> on, on not taking him in that draft. Yep. The true definition of a Boston Bruin, uh, one of the absolute greats on and off the ice. It was a pleasure to talk to him. Pleasure to talk to you as always, Mr. Andrew Ferentz. We'll see you next time.